Freestyle Travel. That's the name of the show. Hey, everybody. It's Kenny Flannery, your host. And I am in Arizona looking out onto the desert uh, as far as I can see. It's fucking beautiful. <laughs> Staying at a friend's cabin. They just left town. Um, it's, it's awesome here. It's peaceful. Little wood-burning stove. And, uh, yeah, I'm just uh, chilling. Watch the snowfall today. Looking out the window, getting some writing done. And I realized I haven't uh, hit up this podcast in a bit. So I'm going to catch you guys up. Uh, one thing y'all should know about is I've got a Patreon that I haven't really promoted at all. <laughs> you can check it out at patreon.com slash Kenny Flannery if you want to be a part of it. Um, it's one of the reasons I haven't updated the podcast in a little bit. I started doing this microcast thing that I'm only doing on Patreon. So every few days, at least once a week, sometimes several times a week, uh, I just do, it is a podcast, but it's only for Patreon people, but it's usually just one minute to four minutes long, and it's just a quick update on the day or the last few days, just uh, what's been going on, kind of a detailed recollection of what I've been doing. So yeah, it's super easy for me to do, and it's kind of cool, and everyone who's been listening really likes it. So I've been doing that a lot and I kind of forgot about this for a second, <laughs> but uh, I'm not, it's not like I'm too far behind on this or anything. So yeah, patreon.com slash Kenny Flannery. If you want to get involved in that, I also post a bunch of pictures on there. I don't post elsewhere and uh, yeah, post some random uh, content on there. So yeah, that's that little microcast over there. If you follow Hobo Lifestyle on Facebook and you sometimes see me post a link to a microcast, that's what I'm posting to you. Uh, yeah, so last episode, though, on this, I was in San Diego, house-sitting, through that uh, Trusted House Sitters website, worked out really well, and I've since moved around a bit, so that's what I'm going to talk about this episode, catch you up on how I wound up here in this uh, sick desert spot uh, here in northern Arizona. All right, let's do it. Alrighty, so yeah, last episode I think was uh, January 2nd, it was just after New Year's, I was at that place till January 3rd, uh, the trusted house sitter spot, just watching over uh, a 13 year old dog there, uh, pretty chill, I was getting a bunch of writing done, hanging out, a couple brewery visits, that kind of thing, but uh, mostly writing, kind of wanted to keep that going, but uh, other stuff on my mind too. So I hadn't seen my sister in a while. She's back in Los Angeles. She's been back there for a little bit. So I figured I was close enough. Might as well go visit her. Um, And I noticed that part of the way up in Funner, California, outside of Escondido, I think still San Diego County maybe, uh, was a Harrow's Casino that I could stay at for free for five nights. So I'm going to get into the whole casino thing quite a bit on this episode because I (laughs) spent a lot of time lately figured out a few tricks here and there that you might be able to use yourselves. Um, so yeah, I went to this uh, random casino. I think it was on an Indian reservation. There was like a Rincon brewery there that I popped into. Um, and that was, yeah, pretty mellow five days of uh, just writing, mostly. A little bit of blackjack, a little bit of beer skis, but uh, nothing crazy. And after five days, had to hitchhike to see my sister. I got one ride real quick outside the casino, maybe a mile down the road uh, from this girl. 
And she was just going to the next casino, like 10 miles up. I guess she had some free play or something like that she wanted to use. And she was just drinking wine out of a paper cup. So she filled me full of wine. Filled me full of wine. I don't know. She gave me a, a cup or two on the 10-minute drive and uh, dropped me off there outside of that casino, little town. I think it's called Paula or something like that. Walked a little bit, got a ride uh, from a a dealer, I guess. He said some guy said he worked at the casino. I think he was like a dealer of some kind. Uh, he gave me a ride as far as I five, yeah, I five, <laughs> the interstate. And I waited there for a bit. Finally, walked down to the highway and walked for a while. Got a short ride from a pickup truck full of dudes. Real short ride. Walked some more. There's some sort of accident or something. I don't know what it was, but there was a traffic jam. So I was like literally walking on the highway faster than cars. Uh, some woman was broke down with her family. Uh, actually, it was just like four women in a car. I assume they were related. I don't know. But their car had overheated in the traffic. So I almost got a ride from them, but like their car just wasn't moving. So <laughs> all told, I just hung out with them for 10 or 15 minutes and then kept walking I uh, finally got another ride from some guy who claimed to be like a producer, Hollywood producer back in the day, some kind of big shot. I don't know. He acted surprised that I didn't recognize him, didn't even ask his name, but uh, he was just a kind of a goofball. Um, gave me a ride a little bit further, and then some dude gave me a ride almost short of a Chino, kind of Chino area. And I walked another hour until the sun went down and just wasn't getting a ride. And where I wound up, there was just like nothing. So I walked until I found kind of a swampy place to camp. <laughs> uh, but that was my only option. And I did find like a dry patch big enough for my bivy. So camped out for the night. I was like, damn, I'm so close. I was like probably an hour drive, not even, from where my sister lived. Uh, it always sucks to get like that close, but not quite close enough, you know. Uh, so the next day, made it up, hitched a ride, uh, got close enough to uh, take the public transit, just a little uh, city bus into uh, town, walked the rest of the way, caught up with my sister there. She's uh, working for TMZ, of all things. Uh, just caught up with her for a few days. She lives in a tiny little shoebox studio apartment kind of thing. She pulled up a big air mattress and there's like the smallest amount of room to walk between her bed and that mattress is kind of goofy. Uh, but great catching up with her. Uh, during the days she was just at work and I was just kind of hanging out. It was, I guess, a rare, like rainy situation in Los Angeles. So we did manage to hit a brewery one night, but uh, she was broke. I was pretty broke too. So uh, it was fair enough. Uh, just hanging out, catching up. Um, and then I saw, I was thinking heading to Vegas next and possibly Laughlin again to maybe change some nights together and uh, get some more of the writing done. And I saw like a $12 Flix bus, something like that. Maybe it was $8.99, somewhere in that range, uh, straight to Vegas. So I jumped on that because uh, hitchhiking out of LA is a bastard. <laughs> it really does suck. So I was willing to pay the... Uh, pay the 12 bucks because otherwise I still would have paid probably three bucks or more for public transit and it just would have been a shit show. Um, but yeah, I got to Vegas at like three in the morning. That was kind of funny on the, uh, on the bus. 
seen things kind of like this happen before. Like the bathroom didn't work on the Flixbus. So the dude was like, all right, well, if we need to, we'll stop. But like everyone just go in and like, don't buy anything. Just use a pisser and come on back. And sure enough, when we got to Barstow, he's like, all right, I'm going to stop. Like I said, everyone just go in there. Don't be buying sodas or whatever. Just go in, piss, and we got to keep moving. So like five, ten minutes went by, then get back on. We're heading towards the highway and we're getting onto the highway when these women in the back of the bus tell some other women, they're like, hey, I don't think your daughter's on. And this woman's like, what? And they're like, I don't think your daughter came back. And this woman looks around and she's like, oh, yeah, my fucking daughter's not on the bus. Uh, she starts like cursing out the driver like it's his fault. Uh, and yeah, there's some back and forth there. And uh, finally, the driver's like, you know, I'm going to I'm going to turn around. Uh, it was, we'd already gone like 10 minutes down the highway, like weren't the exits and stuff. And but he was just like, I'm going to do it. So I've been in that situation before where the driver does not turn around. It's just like, fuck it. You had your chance. So we turn around and uh, go and uh, pick this girl up. I don't know. She looked like she was probably 18 or something. And uh, yeah, it was just kind of goofy. Totally pissed off at the driver. I'm like, this dude kind of just did y'all a favor. But um, yeah, just a funny little thing on the way to Vegas. So yeah, I get to Vegas. I had two nights booked uh, or at Harrah's or something. So pretty uneventful because the first night was already like 3 a.m. So basically just a day in Vegas, uh, which was just chilling in the room writing. And then uh, next day I was like, all right, I'm going to get down to Laughlin and this begins just like a fucking crazy stretch. I didn't th even think I could do this, but, um, so I've hitched from Vegas to Laughlin a few times. So I've, I've got it pretty down pat for anyone else who wants to uh, do this. It's my system's pretty easy. Um, if you got three bucks, it's worth it. You can, uh, take, it's like two transfers, but it takes like an hour and a half, on uh, public transit, the buses to get you out to the railroad past casino. That's where you want to go. And from the railroad past casino, you can walk down to the road and then it's like, it's just wide open. Uh, so hitchhiking's pretty easy there. And it's not actually, you walk on like one mile of the actual interstate. And then after that, it's just straight up highway. So you got like nothing to worry about. Uh, and this was one of the easiest times. I got a ride right away from a guy going straight to Laughlin. And uh, usually it's been like two rides because sometimes people go straight through the, uh, the turnoff to Laughlin. But this guy was going straight there. So super easy. I got down there, checked into uh, the Tropicana down there, had the five nights free. It's like, all right, sweet. I'll be able to get a lot done in five nights. So, and I did. I was getting a lot done. And then uh, I booked another five nights, which usually you're not able to do, like at least in Vegas with all the comps and stuff that you can get. Let me explain these comps to anyone else who might want to try this little trick. Um, so, well, yeah, first off, when, usually when I try to book back-to-back, uh, -back, like, nights, it uh, won't let you. It makes you wait, like, two or three days in between. But that's Vegas. Laughlin just, I don't know, they're a little more free-flowing. So I was able to book 20 nights in a row, <laughs> four sets of five nights, all told, and then three nights at the casino just down the road, a mile down the road, the Harrah's, and then another, like, four nights at Tropicana. So I was in Laughlin for like almost a month. <laughs> um, and I'll get into some of the shenanigans. But uh, as far as the comps go, so anyone in the U.S. 
and I, I imagine this works in other places. Um, if you gamble even like a little bit, they'll start throwing like free rooms and offers your way. Because uh, the assumption is, I think, like it probably takes a maid 15 or maybe 30 minutes to clean a room. And how much are they getting paid? Maybe 15 bucks an hour or something? So you call that like seven, eight bucks is what it costs them. Maybe round up to 10 for the water and electricity use to stay there. 10 bucks is what it costs them out of pocket. Uh, and the hope is that you buy a beer or hopefully gamble and lose a bunch of money, like more than 10 bucks. Like it doesn't take much for them to recover that 10 bucks that they're kind of losing. Um, that's my thought why they're so liberal with giving uh, stuff away. So if you gamble even just a little bit, you'll start getting some of that stuff. And then I've kind of learned, it used to, back in the day, like, I would just get the emails like, oh, you can stay for two or three nights. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Uh, but over the past few years, I've learned more of, like, how the tier credits add up and how they work and that sort of thing. And I've learned some different tricks, like, I don't know, if you happen to have a couple hundred bucks, for example... And you go to one of those blackjack machines or something and just steady bet three or five bucks. Like, it takes a long time to lose that money. The way you lose money is by, you know, starting to fall behind and betting bigger. And then you lose that money and then everything's gone, <laughs> you know. But if you just keep on betting three bucks, five bucks, like, you're statistically, you're slowly going to lose that money. You are going to lose it. I mean, uh, but slowly. So if you're happy to sit there and you... Drink free beers, at least in Nevada. Uh, you know, you, you tip a dollar. The waitress comes around. Some people don't know this, actually, about... I don't know why. But in Vegas and all of Nevada, like, if you're gambling, you drink for free. Even if you're at the nickel video poker machine. or <laughs> the penny slots. Whatever version of gambling you're doing, like, uh, you drink for free. Which is basically, like, a buck or however much you want to tip for drink. And you don't even have to tip. I mean, that's kind of a dick move. but And they might not come back. But it is free. So what I'm saying is, like, if you did want to go to a casino and you had a couple hundred bucks just to get the ball rolling, you could just be like, all right, I'm just going to sit here for a few hours with a buddy or something and just, like, drink beers. Just treat it like that, like you're getting dollar beers. And, uh, yeah, you'll slowly lose that uh, 200, but maybe, maybe not. You might win a few hundred. Um, it takes a long time to lose that much money if you're only betting three bucks or five bucks. But the credits... Uh, add up so anyways that's just something you can do if you feel like doing it and you got 200 bucks to screw around with that's uh probably one of the better ways to do it um the video poker machines whatever uh, as long as you, as long as you don't chase <laughs> as long as like your 200 bucks doesn't get down to like 140 and you're like oh fuck let me bet 40 bucks and try to get back up that's when uh it goes down very quickly so anyways um i'm doing a bunch of writing there's a family dollar down the way, so I'm getting all my food from there. I am uh, fucking around in the casino. That's not going great when I do go down there, because I'm not doing what I just told you. <laughs> and I was like, if I got down, I was trying to get back up and would like lose a bunch. Um, but more or less, also I was getting like free play here and there, and just kind of like staying afloat, getting the writing done. And then out of nowhere, my buddy showed up. <laughs> So he was in town. He actually texted me. He's like, dude, Laughlin's legit. Because I've been telling him about it for a while. He's like a regular in Vegas, kind of. He'll show up to Vegas, play poker. And I keep telling him, like, go to Laughlin, dude. They're much more liberal with their comps. And, like, it's just mellow. Um, and he texted me. He's like, dude, I'm here. You were right. I'm like, dude, I'm here <laughs> right now. 
So he was around for like a week or so. So we were just screwing around a whole bunch. Uh, we played some poker. We took a drive on the other side of the river, which is Arizona. Check some stuff out. And he's actually going to school to be a poker dealer. So the World Series of Poker is coming up. And he's trying to convince me to do the same, which I very well might do. Because apparently you get paid, I don't know, like close to 50 bucks an hour. And importantly to me it's like a temporary thing you know i'm not trying to like move somewhere and get a job but if i can go somewhere for like a three-week gig or something i'm in uh if i can cash up that much in a decent spot with friends and stuff basically to stay there till it gets old kind of situation so that's what he's doing that's what he's talking me into and that's where i might be or might not be i don't know things are pretty fluid right now so yeah doing all that and um finally i'm like i probably should get the fuck out of here <laughs> uh it, this, the momentum with the writing was like up and down it's pretty good when he came well i wasn't doing as much but basically i was just like getting real tired of waking up in the same place every day y'all know me with that shit and yeah i got friends a couple hours away in northern arizona which is where i am now so decided to come and visit them uh hitchhiked out of Laughlin on a super windy day it's just like literally blown me around like blown my backpack and stuff like but I uh, got a ride pretty quick at least to Kingman from this guy and then from Kingman I got a ride pretty much straight to the area where they live um pretty interesting story this guy he was a border border patrol guy 16 years he's been uh, working the 250 mile stretch of border south of Tucson with Mexico and, uh, yeah, just for like an hour, he just told me all these stories, like, it was pretty interesting to hear. Uh, I'll just tell you some of what he told me, just because it is, uh, it's kind of interesting. He, um, in one shift, because I asked him, I was like, how often do you actually, like, catch somebody? Because he's out in the field, like, actually, like, looking for people crossing from Mexico into the U.S. And I'm like, how often do you actually, like, catch somebody? thinking like he must catch a few people a week or something and he's like we catch 700 people every shift <laughs> every shift they grab 700 people so that's like two or three thousand people a day just in that stretch of border and he says like just as many people get away and get to freedom <laughs> it's like wow that's pretty nuts um i just didn't know that, <laughs> that much that many people were coming over he said lately it's a lot of people from uh india crossing over the border um and they got drones up in the air obviously that wasn't a surprise to me but like he's got like a cool little app on his phone and it, it's a map that shows where all of his buddies are and then like the drone updates where there's like people and uh also it's like groups of 20 or even 50 people sometimes mobbing over the border trying to get into the u.s um which i guess kind of makes sense so i just i don't know i always figured it was like three or four people like let's fucking go <laughs> but no sometimes it's these huge groups uh well I, I figure it's huge um so yeah his map will show where these groups are and like they gotta walk quite a bit so sometimes they'll see a group and it'll be like all right we'll we'll deal with them tomorrow <laughs> or whatever you know because they're not getting anywhere anytime soon um and lately they've been dealing more with the the road stuff because a lot of times these groups of people are trying to get to a road and they've already got uh, a ride worked out with somebody uh hit the road and then you know mob out in a van or something like that and uh yeah that was just 
pretty interesting to me. And I was just asking, I was, you know, surprised that many people like escaped too, because sometimes they got to prioritize. Like he was telling me there might be a group of like 40 people. Uh, and then elsewhere, there might be a group of 10 people, but they can tell, I guess, via the drone and their trail cams that these people are just like not doing so hot, <laughs> you know, dehydrated and fucked. So they'll they'll go after the group of 10 before they go after the group of 40 just to like otherwise those 10 people might like die or a couple of them might die. So they'd rather like save those 10 people and let the other 40 escape potentially. Um, yeah, interesting stories like that. He said over 16 years he found six people dead, which almost sounds low. I mean, I know it's morbid, but like 16 years people crawling through the desert. You'd think he might. That was just him personally, though. I'm sure there's been more. But um, yeah, just came across six dead people. He said one girl they came across looked like she was laying on the beach with like her hands, you know, uh, behind her back, just like laying out and they were like telling her to stay still and shit. And then they came over and they're like ants crawling out of her mouth and stuff like, yeah, she was staying still sick stuff like that. <sighs> Sorry to put that image in your head. <laughs> that fucks you up, but that's what's going on over there. Uh, so yeah, that's the guy who gave me a ride. He actually went out of his way a little bit cause he was going down that way. And, uh, but he cut over on I-40 a little bit more to get me where I'm at. So where I'm at is a uh, kind of close to Williams, which is, I don't know if you know where it's close to Ash, Ash Fork is where it's really close to. And then Williams, which, uh, I think they call like the gateway to the grand Canyon or something like that. And then the next big town over would be Flagstaff. So I started walking into the desert from there cause where my friends live, it's all like dirt roads and pretty wide open. If you look at my uh, Instagram on Hobo Lifestyle, uh, you'll see a, a view from just stepping outside of the cabin where I'm at right now. So I uh, got here, caught up with them. Um, good friends. I've known them for over a decade. Uh, my friend Molly, I hitchhiked with her for her first time. Uh, we became really good friends. I was with her when she met her husband, who's here too. Awesome dude. Uh, just really good friends. And, uh, yeah, they got this place a few years ago and just improving it bit by bit. So it was cool catching up with them. Uh, I was able to run around a little bit and they just went down towards Phoenix for the week. They got stuff to do down there. So I'm staying at the cabin for probably at least a week and just hanging out, doing my thing. So now we're all caught up on the travels. Let me uh, go to the outro and tell you uh, a little bit more. Alrighty, so yeah, I'm here, it's peaceful. Just this uh, little cabin running on solar. I uh, got the little wood burning stove here. A uh, bunch of fat snowflakes fell today, but now the sun's back out. I think it's supposed to get down to like 10 degrees and such, but um, I should be good here in the cabin and yeah I'm not exactly sure what's next I got a few few options from here um, it'll depend how I'm feeling with the writing and stuff if I want to keep that up where I can go I mean I always have the option of going back to Laughlin staying here um, stuff on the East Coast uh, I got a friend in Costa Rica trying to get me down there but money's a little bit low even though I found a cheap plane ticket, um, depending on where I fly from, anywhere from 150 to 200 bucks, depending on what airport I can get to. But uh, even that right now is a little bit above what I can do. 
but yeah, that's one of the options. Thinking of that. And yeah, just going to kind of get through the week, see how I feel in a few days and make the next move. But it should be pretty chill. We'll figure it out. Maybe hitch east. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see, <laughs> we'll see how it goes. All right. Well, that's, uh, that's the whole podcast. Like I said, uh, check out the uh, Patreon if you want the little uh, micro updates and uh, other good stuff. That thing's working out pretty well right now. And uh, happy days. Hope you guys are all doing great. And I will see you down the road. All my shit straight, I'll get my big brain.